Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. I have an awesome and amazing episode for you tonight. I have with me two amazing women, two leaders in their field. The first one, and I'll read their bio, uh, is Ariel Crenshaw. Uh, she's a graduate of the University of Southern Indiana. Ooh, I can only imagine that experience. Uh, right now, she's pursuing her master's in nursing. Uh, he got, she got her BA uh, in psychology, uh, and she's getting her MA right from UIC. Am I correct in that? I'm sorry? Your MA from your, your uh, master's uh, from UIC. That's what you're Yes, pursuing? yes. Yep. Uh, so currently in grad school, I wanted to you know have her on the show. She is, like I said, a thought leader, industry thought leader, an academic professional. She is just amazing. So I have her on the show. And she's also a member of the Pink and Green. And I take my sorrows very seriously. Shout out to my sister, uh, Crystal Jamo. Hopefully she's watching. So I give her a little shout out. I also have with me Stephanie Kasten uh, right now, another mm-hmm. Chicago native, bachelor's from Loyola, uh, went to Valparaiso University uh, for law school, is attending Pepperdine right now, uh, working on her master's. And, is an also, and she's also uh, working on a degree in film production. So she is heavily academic. I have just two amazing individuals. I'm really thankful for them. So welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. Cool. Glad glad to have you here. So look, let's get into it. It has been a wild start to 2020, a interesting start to the summer. And officially, I think the summer began yesterday. June has been interesting. Um, And I really want to tackle because it seems like everything is working simultaneously. I want to look at uh, education as a whole. Right. Uh, with COVID-19, we understand that, you know, unemployment jumped to 13.3 percent. It was actually at 14.7, went down 13.3. Uh, so it went down a full percentage point. You have over 40 million U.S. Americans unemployed or unemployed right now. So you have this huge gap of just individuals looking for work. And then you just had a graduating class that had to graduate with virtual commencements. You know, my cousin, he graduated uh, became a doctor, graduated from med school, but his stuff was via Zoom. So a totally different landscape uh, than when we came out. Uh, so I want to first start there. Uh, and I'll start off with you, Ariel, and then Stephanie, you can address it. Is college necessary? When you kind of look at where you've gone uh, personally and professionally and the route that you took and just kind of the, you got to go to college, you got to get the four-year degree, you won't be able to survive. I want to start there. Is college necessary? I say to a certain degree, yes. Um, If you're looking to do something in the medical field, I would say you definitely need that training. But as far as anything else, I would say like you can pick that up on experience because a lot of jobs do require you to have a certain amount of years of experience with school. Mm -hmm. So I believe it depends on what exactly you want to do. Stephanie, is college necessary? Absolutely. Um, aside from, you know, the COVID-19, if COVID-19 didn't happen, I would still say that. Uh, main reason, it changed my life. It changed my life for the better. I learned so many things, had so many connections, something beyond high school. To me, high school was just an easy breeze through. The second I went to Loyola, everything went tenfold and the work ethic changed. So, yes, we're in a time frame where 
social media can give you another platform to get different streams of income. But at the end of the day, you're still going to need that education to fall back on because it's a good fall back on. It may be expensive, but social media isn't going to last forever in order to carry you to that next level. Do you think that there's a um, misconception, and I can start with you right here, Stephanie, about higher education? Uh, I know you mentioned you said, you know, social media isn't going to be the driver of success for the future, but one can't deny its impact, right? One can't deny that you have people who are literally becoming influencers and social you know, content creators and are bypassing uh, the institutional route uh, to achieve success. Uh, so do you, what are the, the, the common misconceptions uh, about higher education and, and the success that it could potentially bring? Well, the biggest misconception is that the second you graduate, you're going to start off making a lot of money, close to six figures and so forth. But you are going to make money once you do graduate. I will say that because as an adult, I may be older, but I know what life was like getting a job without a degree and then getting a job the second I got a degree. I was at the same job for nine years. I started off at 950. They want to lowball me. The second I got a degree, it went up an extra $2 just because I said I graduated. But the common misconception is the fact that, okay, well, now that I have my bachelor's, I'm going to start off fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year. And that's not true. But you are going to make more than, you know, because the people who don't have a degree, they're going to start you off close to the minimum wage as close as possible. Hmm. Ariel, misconceptions, like you said, 70 hit on. Uh, you won't start off at the six-figure mark. Where do you start off with? What is the reality when you graduate? Uh, when I graduated, I want to say that I did start making around, I want to say like 15 straight out of school. But that was because I was working in a mental health hospital at the time because my degree was in uh, psychology. Um, so I was working there. But I do know before I left for school, I was not making anywhere close to that. Um, so I do think that that is one misconception and that is something that I think a lot of people do say is that once you get your degree, everything is uphill from, from there and you won't have to do any more work because you have that degree. You go ahead and you apply for jobs. And once you get that, you'll get that, you'll get that one job that will take care of you for the rest of your life. Um, I don't think a lot of people talk about what exactly happens after school, um, how long it may take for you to get the right job. Um, I don't think they even discuss you may have to go back to school to further your to further your uh, career as well. So I think that's also one of the miscommunications as well. Does it is it an issue of rebranding uh, higher education? Like I've always said. I think the American system of education has failed on multiple levels. The first thing is, can you justify the necessity for your senior year of high school? Right. Like I think about I think back to my senior year of high school. What really did I do other than go to prom? You know, if yeah. the prom of your life, yeah. is, let's say from 16 to 21, shouldn't that be the span where I'm utilizing or I'm in an institution that can really prepare me? forward academically instead of waiting to after I get to 22 graduate and then get into grad school. And now I'm really entering into the mid to late twenties. Like when you think that'd be the path. And I'll start with you, Ariel. Um, I do think America needs to rebrand how they do school. Cause I believe 
we are, and I believe there's one other country that does school this way still. Mm. But if you look at schools that are overseas, they do school differently where the aging is different, where they prepare them for whatever courses they want to take uh, so that they don't have to go into eight years plus more of school afterwards. Stephanie, as far as rebranding, what does reforming education, higher education, or, or at least getting to higher education look like? To me, there's a lot of things that need to change with higher education. Uh, I think even when I was at Loyola, they stopped giving professors tenure. So that helps. We need more professors of color. Uh, we need the education system to be stronger and that we need uh, higher higher goals and work ethics to be required. And even in uh, high school, I, I, I do remember my senior year and I did the opposite because I didn't have anyone telling me how to get to college. I kind of did things differently. I took all my hard classes my senior year and all my easy classes my junior year. That way I got on honor roll. I got all A's and B's and did all of my, um, activities, you know, I did homecoming activities, prom, you know, cheerleading, all that stuff. So that when I apply to college, they're saying, oh, wow, you're a well-rounded individual. So you do all these things so I could get into college and then I could just worry in my senior year. But there wasn't that much of a guidance to helping me go to that next level of education. So as far as lessening your years in high school, I could see it, but I don't know if all these students have the maturity level to handle going to school earlier than what they're doing now. Gotcha. Gotcha. You hit on something. You talked about we need more uh, teachers, professors of color. Dealing with systemic racism, uh, especially educational, on the educational front. I don't, for me, and obviously because of the institutions I went to, I didn't have a lot of uh, professors of color. Not in grade school, not in high school. Uh, only when I, you know, briefly attended Morehouse that I have any, you know, <laughs> teachers that were black or of color, period. Uh, so systemically, tell me about, uh, and I'll begin with you, Stephanie, just some of the obstacles. Like, I think that education doesn't see itself in, in some of the portrayals that basically uh, push this narrative of systemic racism. Well, when going to Loyola, I had racist professors. I had uh, one philosophy class where he said that, you know, he kind of glorified and said, I have every philosophy book possible, so you can't get over me as far as terms of this paper. I'm like, all right, cool. I chose nothing but black philosophers. He gave me a C because he said that he could not verify any of my sources because he didn't have any of the black professors I wrote down. And I, I didn't choose, you know, off the wall professors. I chose, you know, Frederick Douglass. I chose well-renowned black philosophers. And still he was like, okay, well, I'll read it again. He gave me a B the second time, but still that just shows that hmm. I need to be able to choose my own ethnicity as far as writing papers and you be able to understand me and not mark me down because you can't relate to what I'm going through. Gotcha. Ariel, systemic racism in education. What has that experience been like for you? Um, I feel like especially going to a school in Southern Indiana, I was, I experienced that a lot. Um, even with my chapter uh, that I had, I helped chartered down at the school, we received a lot of backlash um, just for wanting to 
starred, AKA, they weren't very open. There were no other um, historically black sororities or fraternities there. Um, so they didn't understand why we wanted um, to bring a chapter there. They didn't understand. I um, mean, even once we we had gone through all the pay, the paperwork and things, we still received backlash from people within administration that thought it was was a racist uh, sorority. They didn't understand the term historically black at all. So having to go ahead and educate people about that, um, it's just, it's a lot of things there. And then even with me being at UIC, we had an incident where a uh, professor used the term colored. So just having to educate how that is not a proper term whatsoever to use. And even in literature that we read today, it's not colored, it's African-American or black. So just having to, ed to educate even still. Do you think that's un an unfair, um a responsibility that you have to educate the educators. That seems like a, you know, that's, that's, it's like a, a double entendre, right? Like I shouldn't have to educate the one that should be educating me. Um, what does the future of this look like? Like when we talk about moving forward, uh, looking at basically the American dream, if you have a, per a person of color, a black person uh, graduating, uh, and you could stop that person basically before they register for classes. How do you prepare them uh, for their own future? And I'll start with you, Ariel. Um, I think it would need to be just letting them know that it might be hard coming straight off the bat, but mm -hmm. you need to know how to network. Networking is a very huge, huge thing. Um, figuring out what it is that you want out of life. Don't let anybody steer you left or right, but to have your own sense of what you want to do um networking like i said before and definitely getting in contact with uh different mentors i wish somebody would have told me that when i first started school mm. but having a mentor that can definitely understand where you're coming from um they don't have to be going in the same path that you are but they can definitely have your back and help guide uh guide guide you as well well stephanie future of uh the american dream you have a person of color a black person in college and you can stop them what would you uh, tell them for advice? Um, it's a little bit scary because a lot of colleges are closing now. So if you can save some money, start off going to a community college, it doesn't even have to be in your hometown. The biggest misconception is right after high school, you have to go to a university, whether it's away from home or not. You can go to a community college away from home. That can save you close to sixty seventy thousand dollars a year that way you can take your gen ed and if you're not sure what you want to do that saves you a lot of money right there and then when you're ready when you get those good grades to prove it you can transfer to a university because that debt is still going to be there you have to pay that back no matter what if you're not a straight a student straight a b student then you have to be wise about where you want to go and what you want to do because you have to heavily do research on the type of colleges you want to go to. Because that's another thing I wasn't taught at first. That just because it sounds like a good school, it may not be the good school for the major that you want to go to. Because if I want to go to Illinois State University, I found out later, well, that's a teaching school. Well, what if I wanted to go into film production? So now I just wasted my time and money. Granted, I got experience. 
but I wasted all of that time when I could have been going to a school that was less expensive and better connections for me. So, yeah. Makes sense. You hit on it. And I want to start there. Um, you talked about learning, uh, knowing what you want to do to save money. Student loan debt is crazy. The idea of student loan debt is crazy. The idea that an institution will give you or the federal uh, government will give you $100,000 to get into debt, to educate yourself, but a bank won't give you a $100,000 mortgage loan so that you can actually build wealth. It seems like the two should be connected, but the reality isn't. Uh, so dealing with student loan debt, right? And I know me personally, student loan debt has been a thorn in my side, you know, for real. <laughs> you know, thank you, uh, Loyola and the other institutions. I'm grateful for you. But um, what do we do? Do we eliminate it? Do we just annex it? Do we do the Bernie Sanders route and, you know, or Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren and college is free, get rid of student loans? Do we pay off some of it and not all of it? Uh, Stephanie, I'll start with you and then Ariel, that question. Uh, eliminate student debt, yes. Because what is my tuition going towards? That's what I really want to know. Because I don't think, I'm looking, because I'm going back to law school within the next year or so. And I'm looking at this tuition rates close to thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. And I'm thinking, they now have online school. So what am I actually paying for? And why are there other countries like in Germany that offer free education? I mean, you, the, society has made it so that we have no choice but to go to school. Because when you apply for jobs right now, they either want you to have that degree or have that years of experience. And if you have that years of experience, it needs to be high. Because, you know, it's just this, you know, double-edged sword. You, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So yeah. it, if you're going to make a requirement for me to have a degree or have experience, at least make it affordable or eliminate student loan debt. Ariel, student loan debt. How has this blessing blessed your life? Oh, I'm still occurring right now since I'm in school now and plan to go back afterwards. So it's uh, <laughs> it's fun. But I definitely agree with Stephanie on eliminating it. Um, I believe that there needs to be some type of, re of reform because tuition continues to rise. I can look at how much I started paying when I went in as a freshman to how much my sister is paying now. And it's ridiculous. It's gone up. I want to say it hasn't doubled, but it's gone up enough to, to for for us to ask why is it continually to increase each year? And sometimes it will go up a semester. It will go up right after you start school. I had that happen to me where I'll start off paying one amount and then the next semester it's gone up 300, 400 bucks for a credit hour. So I think they they really need to look to look at that and see what exactly the um, implications will be because I know that Bernie and Elizabeth Warren had spoken about what type of reparations uh, that there would uh, be for it um, if they did decide to do it. I want to take that and let's go up a higher another level. So you get the degree. Mm -hmm. you, you get the master's degree. Everybody's celebrating. They're giving you the balloons. You got the turn up party. But you hit this next level of entering into the workforce and now you're qualified, but it seems like there's this glass ceiling, right? I can speak personally and say that getting my master's made me 
overqualified to be anything less than a manager, but made me a threat so that I'm still not dealing with a two-edged sword on getting hired, right? Hired, thank God, on the diversity and inclusion community. But it hasn't been what I thought it was going to be because it really wasn't about education in the first place. And that's just the God honest truth. How has that systemically, right? Like you guys are uh, have achieved academic stat- status. You're currently in school right now trying to get higher. Once you get that paper, does that make you more of a threat? Does that make you more like a target on your back? How, how has that uh, worked for you? I'll start with you, Ariel. I feel like just being Black in America with a degree that makes you a threat until things are changing, until we are seen as equal. Um, I feel like for trying to figure out how to say this for um for african americans to have a degree i feel that we are a threat but i feel like it's more so they see us as a threat to to their life to their livelihood so even though we are working to do better for ourselves to them it's us doing doing harm to them and what they see as the American dream. Because we have to remember that America was not built for us. It was built on the back of us. So when we're trying to do better for ourselves, we threaten to make America crumble. So I feel like by us getting that degree, we are seen as always a threat to them. Stephanie, has this degree made you more palpable or or has it increased the target on your back? Um, it, it's increased the target. It's actually gotten harder for me to get a job because I have so many degrees and so much experience because, like you said, I'm overqualified. And as I got even applying to management positions, oh, well, you have this man, you have these degrees, but you don't have that many years of management experience. When I was at my job for nine years, uh, they didn't want to promote me. The, I, uh, I saw a lot of black people, but on the entry level. There wasn't black people in management. There wasn't vice presidents and so forth. And it's like, what can I do? I'm the most educated person here. A lot of them didn't have a master's degree. They didn't go to a school that's renowned, you know, and so forth. And it's like, okay, well, then what am I doing wrong? And it's not my work ethic. You keep giving me a raise every year. It's not my education. I have more degrees than you. So is it my personality? Was it so forth? And, and it, it just becomes the target because I was speaking to other people saying, okay, well, you guys are friends. I saw in one instance where one girl kept getting promoted every two, three months because she knew the vice president of the company. And I, and I said, okay, she's working from home. She's not even here. So what do we as blacks have to do? Do we have to change our personalities? There's, there's no into it. I don't know what will make anything better. Hmm. There's no, I like that. There's no into it. I, I totally agree. It, it seems that it hurts us and helps us at the same time. And this double-edged sword, and it's like, you know, we have to either die by a thousand cuts or by a blunt, you know, force. So totally agree um, on that. Let's take that up another level. Uh, Cause I think systemic racism or just evil peril plays out differently. I read an article, Essence Magazine, you know, um, Essence, you know, obviously is, is brilliant. You know, my wife likes Essence, you know, of course, married to a black woman. So uh, it said that for college educated black women, their chances of getting married decreases by over 50 percent. 
I don't know. I don't even know how you analytically prove that, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know where that stems from. But I can't say it's not true, because I've heard my wife talk. I've heard others. As far as finding a partner, does it seem like education works against you, or is it, or is it neutral, like it should be? Who do you want to go first? Here, you go first. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like it doesn't hinder us. I feel like it depends on how that person was raised and how they view their blackness and how they view the uh, black women as a whole. Sure. Um, I don't think that if you see a black woman who holds so many degrees, if you see her as being what some people to describe as the angry black woman stereotype or uh, she's too career focused at all. But I think that you would see somebody that has worked hard for what they, for what they want and the life that they want. So I don't think it necessarily deters them. I think it really de depends on how that person was raised and brought up. Stephanie. I think that it makes me a target um, in a good way and a bad way. Cause it's like, oh, well she has her stuff together. She's smart and so forth. But then I become argumentative. I'm not easily manipulated. Uh, now it's more or less about what I can bring to the table and what he can bring to the table. So a lot of times I've had partners that say, well, you know, I feel like I don't bring enough to the table because you've done so much. And it and it makes me feel bad because it's like, oh, well, I don't I don't know how to change that because I'm going to be in school, you know, I'm going to continue my degree. So I, I'm not telling you to step up, but I'm not hindering, I'm not shaming you for not deciding to go to school, have all of, so it's, it might be easier to date someone who does not have as, who is, is as ambitious through education than it is someone who, who does, you know, it might be easier, you know what I mean? Makes sense, makes sense. All right, guys, I, I want to cap with this question. I want to stop, just kind of let this be the last question. Uh, first of all, I appreciate your time. I know we're running out of time. Um, if you could have a conversation with your 18-year-old self before it's, it's senior night, you just graduated, you know, from, you know, high school, you're living large, what would be that advice? You could stop your 18-year-old self. And I'll start with you, Stephanie. My 18-year-old self, I wouldn't change anything. Oh, the only thing I would do was I would study more. I got bad advice my senior year of high school. The worst advice I ever got was, you know, you can go to college and you don't even have to show up. You can do what they won't take attendance. You know, you can kind of just do whatever you want to. I did not know that how important college was because I thought it was just another extension of high school. So I would definitely say I would have to be on my A game, you know, finish strong, study straight through and stay focused. You know, go straight to law school and so forth. Yeah. Ariel, you can stop. You could have a conversation with your 18-year-old self. What would you tell her? It would just be to continue to be persistent in life. Don't ever stop. Because um, I did have to take a year off of school in between uh, so that I could pay for school. Um, but it would definitely be just be 
persistent because everything that I've been through in school has made me who I am now. And it's definitely shaped me for the better. Um, had I not gone to Southern Indiana, I wouldn't be as outspoken as I am now. I wouldn't know as much as I know now as as I know now about my history and where I come from. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't change it. I would just say to be more persistent and to keep going. Cool, cool. All right, guys, where can they connect with you? Ariel, what are you doing? What are you working on? Where can people connect with you? Um, you can connect with me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is there, Crenshaw Boulevard 35, um, as well as Facebook. Um, I've been going out to protest um, and also helping organize some things as well. So stay tuned. Stephanie, where can they connect with you? I would say LinkedIn. And I keep my Facebook private and I'm not really on Instagram uh, because I'm really trying, because I work in education. So I try to be careful with everything that I say and do because, you know, administration is looking right on me. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I totally understand. You got to fly on the radar. Well, look, I appreciate you guys. Thank you again. I appreciate Thank my you. guest, Ariel, Stephanie. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Anytime you want to be on, you know, you have my word of approval. You can come on anytime to talk about anything, but guys, until next time. Thanks. Bye, Thank you. Bye.